0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, let's get into the word today. This is the word the Lord spoke to me, not done yet. Come on, if you're in the room, say that with me, not done yet. If you're online, type it in, not done yet. Here's the word today, God's not done yet. He's not done with you. He's not done with our church. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn for good. He tried to steal, kill, and destroy. But I got a word for you today that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Not for a single day. God's bigger than COVID. God's bigger than the government. God's bigger than everything. It's all in the palm of his hand. Do you know that the government rests upon Jesus' shoulders? And so we live in a world today where there's all sorts of stuff going on. And I'm just going to be frank with you today. Today is a day of pastoral message for you. Uh, I want to share with you some things God's been speaking to my heart for my life. But predominantly, I have four prophetic prayers that I'm praying for the church. And it's through a verse the Lord gave me in Psalms chapter 90, powerful verse of Scripture. Uh, And I'm just going to be honest with you for a few moments. I've gone through uh, some different seasons of real frustration over this last year. You know, I've been frustrated. I've been frustrated on one hand with, you know, the government. I've been frustrated with COVID. I've been frustrated with, uh, you know, face masks or face masks with not face masks. You know, there's been different sides where you should wear them, you shouldn't wear them. And there's been, you know, we, you know, we shouldn't have church. We should have church. And, you know, uh, there's been all sorts of vantage points. And honestly, each different vantage point has some validity. Each different vantage point has some truth. Each different vantage point has some understanding. And so it's been challenging for me to find that middle ground and really, you know, really, be a balanced in helping people know Jesus, and it's been hard. But I got to tell you, it's been fr- I'm frustrated with COVID. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I know we weren't allowed to say COVID in 2021. It was like in our leadership team, like you're not allowed to talk about COVID. I'm like, but I got it. Like, what do you mean you're not allowed to use the word COVID any longer? It's just a bad word. It's an ant eh, word. Every time I say it, someone is going eh. COVID has really been a burn in my saddle. <laughs> I have been frustrated, and I don't know about you. And this might relate to you. I've been moments of sadness, moments of depression, moments of discouragement. You know, I've had moments where I've wanted to quit. I've had moments where I've kind of shorted up my resume a little bit, just in case I needed to apply at Home Depot. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had moments where I've been frustrated with people. I've been moments where people have been frustrated with me. I've had moments where I've said, "God, what about your church? What about the mission? What about the vision?" What about the millions, thousands of people in the city of Calgary who need to know Jesus? What about the earnest desire, God, that we have to build a life-giving church that will reach thousands and be here for generations so that Everly and Jet and Owen and Chloe and Hudson and Bennett and Brea and Ezra and the rest of our children can carry on the legacy of what God's done through this tiny little church called Love City Church many years ago, these wacky people who uh, decided to start this crazy church. God, what, what's going on? Like, God, it feels like you're done. I've had some conversations. with Some people recently have said to me, like, one specific person said this to me, and I thought she said it so well. She just said, Ryan, I just want COVID to be over. I'm just done. I'm just frustrated. I just want it to be over. And I, I, I so relate to that sentiment. I so relate to that feeling in my life. Man, where in the last year, our church has been in person five months out of 12. We've been online church for five months. And there has been a, a rumor going around that that's how I like it. I gotta tell you, if we could have met in our building six months ago, I would have done it. But they shut us down. And they said, you can't meet in the building. I gotta say today, some people say, man, we shouldn't meet. And some people say we should meet. And some people say, we should, none of us should wear a face masks. But other people say, we should only wear a face masks. And I gotta tell you today, at the end of the day, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to be in the house of the Lord to worship together. Even if it means i got to wear a face mask or i got to be six feet or I have to do these different protocols that the government puts in place, which are a lot of them to help people be safe and healthy and all those things. But I'm just saying today, I I just want to do whatever it takes to be in the house of the Lord together. Because I believe more than ever that God is going to, he's not done yet. He's not done yet with our city. He's not done yet with our church. He's not done yet with your family. He's not done yet with your ministry. He's not done yet with your purpose. He's not done yet. God is not done yet. Amen. 2021 isn't the end. It's not the apocalypse. It's not going to go to you know to hell in a handbasket. We win. Come on, God wins. The church wins. Jesus wins. And I don't know if you have felt this way in this season, but I got to tell you again, the gates of hell will not, will not, will never, ever, ever prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. It won't. COVID can't do it. Division can't do it. Disunity can't do it. False doctrine can't do it. Wolves in sheep clothing can't do it. Different moral positions that we're working through in our society today won't do it. Nothing can stand against the church of Jesus Christ. The objective is to reach as many lost people as we can for the name of Jesus Christ, to make disciples, to restore families, to preach the good news of the abundant life of Jesus Christ that comes through repentance unto Christ and to be water baptized and to experience the abundant life that God has for us. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. I have a verse for you today, and, and I'm a little excited today, as you can tell, because I just get to say whatever I want. Sometimes I feel like I'm, uh, it's good. I'm in a little bit of a lane. Today, I'm like, grab it all over the road. <laughs> so just hang on today, okay? Give me some grace, because I just want to share my heart with you. Um, I want to share what's been on my heart. The Lord gave me a verse, and the, the context of this verse, it's in Psalms chapter 90. And it's actually written by Moses. This is a ver- one of the, the few verses in Psalms written by Moses, and And Moses wrote this verse, and it's really hard to really pinpoint when he wrote this, but most people believe that he wrote this verse towards the end of the wanderings in the wilderness. And so in this verse, basically Moses, who is, remember, not able to go into the promised land because in Numbers chapter 20, Moses, the man of God, did not trust the Lord. Instead, he relied on his own... Uh, ability, he relied his own strength. He didn't trust God to uphold, uphold God as holy. And so God said, I'm really sorry, uh, Moses, but you're not going to go into the promised land. You know that when Moses died, he had perfect vision, perfect health, was in perfect health condition. And we don't, he actually didn't even die. They didn't bury Moses, he just kind of disappeared. <laughs> so here's this mighty man of God who was supposed to take them into the promised land. Even Moses didn't trust the Lord in this season and was not able to take the people of God into the promised land. So Moses here is kind of just thinking to himself, listen, I'm going to go for broke here on my speech. I'm going to write this psalm and I'm going to go for broke. I'm going to just give it all to you straight because I know that I'm not going to be able to carry you into the promised land. But as you go into this next season, as you step into this new promised land season, which I believe we're in as a church, we're in a season where God's not done yet, where we've been a little bit in the wilderness and God's been stretching us and was uh, you know disciplining us and working with us. And he's been stretching us and working and, and growth and discipline and all these different things. And there's been moments of breakthrough and moments of provision and moments of of God's sovereignty, but there's also been moments in our lives where like, God, where are you? What's going on? Like, I wish I was back in Egypt, you know, I was wish I was eating the meat back there. I don't want to be here anymore eating your, your quail and your manna, God, I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, this is the season God has us in where we're going to step into a promise land. and say, I believe this with all my heart that God has not done yet with our church. So Moses thought to himself, okay, I'm going to just go for broke here. I'm just going to like, you lay it all out in Psalms chapter 90. And so he, he basically covers a few ideas. He speaks firstly to the shortness of human life. He speaks to the brevity of our lives. He speaks to the fact that our life is but a, but a mist. He says, you know, a lot of us, this is what Moses says, a lot of us only have like 70, maybe 80 years. So Moses wants us to understand that, guys, listen, when you step into the promised land, don't forget that life's short. Don't forget that there's, the life has brevity and it's frail and we all have a limited life. And he talks about how every single person will have to take account for the life they lived on this planet, that there will be a day when we will stand before Christ and take, uh, take ownership for the life that we chose to live. And so Moses says, listen, people of God, Church of Jesus Christ, don't forget, life is short. Let's live it to the fullest for God. And then he talks about God's sovereignty and the fact that God is eternal and that God has been the refuge for people from the very beginning. He says from generation to generation, God has been the refuge for his people that nothing has changed, that the generation of old and the generation to come will experience God and find God in the same way that we did. Jesus came and found each of us. He, in His grace and His mercy, revealed Himself to us, and we found Christ. And in the same way, from generation to generation to generation, it will be the same that God will reveal Himself to His people. Why? Because He's eternal and He's unchanging and He remains the same. He says, I want you to know that life is short and that God, uh, his nature is unchanging. And then he wants to talk about the future. He wants the, the people of God to understand, I'm not done yet. I still have a plan for you. Yes, I was gonna share on this today, but I decided not to. Yes, when they stepped into the promise, I would think, oh, we're here! No, actually, they had to face Jericho and Ai and the Gibeonites, and they fought like dogs, so much so that Joshua had to look up and say, Lord, make the sun stand still. And it was like an, an anomaly in our scientific records that there was a day that was like two days long. There was a whole 24 hours that was missing in our in our in our in our in our, in our chronological time frame. If you look back, you realize, well, there was a moment in time when the sun stood still. God was they had to fight so many enemies that Joshua said, just make the day longer so I can win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done yet, God. I need to keep fighting. Yeah. So we, we know that when you get into the promise and you're still going to have to defeat enemies. But Moses says, okay, life is short. Live it to the fullest. He says, okay, God is eternal. He will always be eternal. He will always be over all. It never changes. God wins. He says, but there's also something about your future you need to know. There's something about your future I want you to understand. And this is the verse today that I want to read together, that God's been speaking in my heart, encouraging me with, and I've shared it with a few of you already, but I want to share it with the church today. And four things from this that are my prayer, prophetic prayers for our church. Here's, here's the verse, Psalms 9, 14. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing. That word sing means overcome. Amen. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so that we may overcome for joy to the end of our lives. Look what he says. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil year (laughs) with good. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts as a church, Love City Church, successful. Yes, God, make our efforts successful. There's four things from this verse I want to share with you today and very simple. It's very prophetic for you. But these are the things that I've just been spending time and the moment I wake up in the morning to when I'm fly fishing on the lake or on the river and I'm just praying these four things over us in this next season. The first one says, Lord, would you fill us with your steadfast love again and let it be reflected in our worship. See, here he says in this verse, he says, satisfy us each morning. That word satisfy there speaks to areas of weakness. That word specifically refers to the weaker side of our lives. It speaks to the area of us that's dry, the area of us that's discouraged, the area in us that's weary and and challenged and feeling uh, beat up and feeling tired. And and the journey's been long and arduous and challenging and difficult. And I feel like we've been in a a desert. And I feel like, God, when are we going to experience some of the things that you promised? I want a taste of that that land flowing of milk and honey. God, I want to eat those massive grape clusters. God, I want to experience the promised land, the, the future that you have for us God, but I'm feeling, Lord, dry and weary and frustrated. He says, Lord, will you fill us? Will you super abundantly fill me each morning with your unending loyal love? See, I believe that Moses read this verse because he knew that when you and I are in a season of challenge where we're constantly being challenged in our faith, where we're constantly being challenged in our perspective, that what happens to our walk with the Lord is we often lose the joy of our salvation. We often forget why we're doing this in the first place. We often get so focused on these different nuances of our culture or we make morality out of things that aren't moral issues and we forget that the whole purpose we're here is because Jesus saved us. That he transformed us. That he healed you of addictions and he transformed your attitudes and he restored your marriage and he put you into the house of the Lord where you could be restored, as we talked about last time, restored and made new. We lose, we, we begin to experience in our life a, a, a loss of joy of our salvation. David, after committing adultery and after committing accomplice to murder, pray this prayer Lord, restore to me again the joy of your salvation. This is my prayer, Lord, would you come and sacrifice? Satisfy us with your unending love once again, God. Why? Because the scripture says very clearly, look, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. So that we may overcome, overcoming worship. So that when we worship as the body of Christ, that when we gather together, we're not worshiping from a frail position. We're worshiping from an overcoming position. We're not worshiping from the fact that we need strength. We're worshiping from strength. We are worshiping. Oh, well, that's my prayer, Lord. Would you satisfy each prayer? Would you restore the joy of every person's salvation? So, Lord, when they come into the house of the Lord, their worship won't be lethargic and apathetic. Their worship will be filled with gratitude for the wonderful love and power and mercy of Jesus Christ. And as I begin to worship what happens in the presence of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, Freedom. We experience chains being broken in the house of the Lord. We experience addictions being eradicated. We experience hearts being changed. We experience lives being made new. We experience people who are seeking for the truth. And they find Jesus overcoming worship. And in the presence, it's not my preaching that's going to transform people's lives. It's the presence of the Holy God. And I believe that as we are restored in our salvation, that we'll come into the house of the Lord and it'll be not just lethargic worship or hands in pockets watching worship as James so eloquently plays the guitar, but it'll be overcoming grateful worship unto the Lord. So here's my ask of you today. Come on. If you're in Love City Church and you play an instrument or you can sing or you have a technical gifting on your life or broadcast or media or our different areas in our technical realm. Specifically, if you play an instrument of any sort or you sing, I'm calling you forward as your pastor today. You're not allowed to sit on the bench any longer. Pastor James and the worship team, we're recruiting you. We need you. And we need you because though there was a prophetic word over our worship department that there will be orchestras of musicians and that the presence of the Lord will be new sounds of worship and there'll be oil of gladness and that we will, we will dig up the wells of spiritual new oil. Come on, we believe that our worship department, our worship team is gonna lead us into that season. So I'm calling you forward today. Do not allow your gifting to sit on the waist. They say, I'm not good enough. Listen, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> like, we'll let you know if you're not good enough. You're not. Well, maybe you should be on the prayer team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But come on out and join us and audition and yeah. reach Pastor James. I, I pray right now the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your heart today that, oh man, I've been sitting on this gifting and I've been holding on to it today. Let's use it in the house of the Lord and let's experience overcoming worship Amen. in the presence of God. Yeah. Amen. You can email Pastor James, james at lovesitychurch.ca. Come on, if you're interested in that. Come on, here's a second thought today. You guys okay? Yeah, we got it. Online, you okay? Okay. Come on, the second thought. Lord, what the devil meant for evil, turn it to good in our church. Come on, look what it says. Give us gladness. Joy. That word means exceedingly <laughs> abundant joy Amen. in proportion To our formal bad experience. Come on, replace, Lord. Replace the evil years, the demonic years, the strategies of the evil one years, the thing that the enemy tried to take you out with that addiction or he tried to take you out with that mindset or he tried to take you out with that brokenness or he tried to take you out with that church hurt or he tried to take you out with that offense or he tried to take you out with COVID or he tried to take you out with cancer or he tried to take you out with divorce or he tried to take you out. God, replace those evil years with goodness, oh God. Because what the enemy meant for harm, the, the, what, the, what the enemy meant for harm, God is going to turn to good for his kingdom. Come on, do you know that that is the ministry of Jesus in our lives? That when we experience Jesus in our life, you know what he does? He, he, he causes there to be a, he replaces the evil in our life or the things of misery in our life with gladness and good. That's what it actually says about Jesus in Isaiah. It says, as for those who grieve over Zion, God has sent me to give them a beautiful crown in exchange for ashes. To anoint them with gladness instead of sorrow. To wrap them in victory. Come on. To wrap them in joy. To wrap them in praise instead of depression and sadness. Yeah. People will call them magnificent. People are going to call Love City Church magnificent. Like great towering trees standing for what is right, they stand to the glory of the eternal who planted them. Come on, this is the ministry of Jesus in your life. He wants to take the bad and make it good. That's what Jesus does. Now, does he make your life perfect? Do you have any problems? Well, by goodness, no. As a follower of Jesus, we face all sorts of challenges in our life, but we have God who helps us through it. We've got a God who gives us faith and encouragement and strength and power to make it through those seasons. People without Jesus aren't able to make it through those seasons because we need a guide. His name's the Holy Spirit. So we see here in this verse that God wants to replace the former years, the old years. I love this, Romans eight twenty eight. We are confident that God is able to, look at this, orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. God is able to orchestrate. Okay, I need this to to move here and I need this person to move here and I need this situation to change like this and okay God is sovereign and he's working but notice what it says as long as we are accepting his invitation to live according to his plan well God you're, you're sovereign yes he's sovereign but he also deals with your free will and so he wants to orchestrate everything to work towards good and beautiful, but you've got to be willing to let him do that. You've got to recognize that that is the ministry of Jesus, that the situation that you're facing right now where you feel overwhelmed and feel like, man, there's nothing else going to happen in my life. God says, no, what? I'm not done yet. You just got to respond. Just respond in love to me. I want to lavish my love on you. Respond in love back to me. And guess what happens? I'm going to start orchestrating these things for your good. Come on. You went to Shepherd to try to get a place there. And guess what? No, I'm going to get you right back into Cardell and I'm going to open up the door and Actually, guess what? I'm going to not charge you anymore to be in Cardell, in fact, I'm going to give you another night for free so you can gather people in the house of the Lord. Come on, God orchestrates everything to work out for good and beautiful. Come on, we've been praying for for Dale Dale Wolf. Come on, in the name of Jesus, guess what's happened? Come on, they are. He he was in a coma, and the doctor said his body is 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 being restored. And tell me, he's coming out of the coma. Uh, They said he's able to breathe better. They they said statistically, he should have passed. But because the church prayed. Because God turned evil for good and orchestrated it. Church, you might say, well, look at that. No, 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 that was because the church prayed. And because we believe that God can do miracles, And we know God replaces the bad. And he turns it for our good according to his purposes. Why? Because we love him and we accept his invitation. And we say, okay, God, it's not my life, it's your life, God. What happens? He replaces the evil with good. He turns the misery of our life, the bad situations of our life to the good things. And that's what God's going to do at Love City Church in your life and in our life as a church. He's turning the bad and making it good for our church. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our church. Come on, here's the third one. And I could have done a four-week series on this, I think. Lord, will, will... There's supposed to be a you in there. It was a statement I thought, maybe I should ask him. Lord, will you move again in your church? Lord, will you move again? That's pretty silent in here. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. Lord, will you move again in our church? God, we want to see you work again. Now, yeah. now listen, we have not even, barely yeah. even seen a fragment of what God could do. Yeah. <laughs> great. I just chuckle yeah. at how great God wants to move in our church. And we said, oh, okay, it's been a good, no, no, you just wait. Yeah. Look what he says in this verse, Lord, let us, your servants, let us see you work again. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Lord, let us, let our children see your glory. Lord, let our children experience the presence of the Lord. Lord, may our children experience the house of God that's healthy and focused on Jesus that doesn't have controversy or screw things that are going on. God, it's just a healthy church of regular people trying to know Jesus. Lord, help our children to experience your glory. Lord, help your glory to move upon our youth ministry and upon our children's ministry, Lord, the prophetic word of our church is that there would be a revival in our children's ministry. That it's going to start in our kids. God, will your glory be shown to our children. Lord, would you work again? God, would you move again? God, would you do miracles again? God, would you restore lives and make hearts new again? God, I can see hands raised of the house of the Lord and water baptisms, God, and marriages brought from divorce to, to being intimately in love once again, God. More marriages and more single folks passionately in love with Jesus and more young people knowing God and more people filled with the Spirit of God and more miracles and raising from the dead and transformation in the city made new. Come on, God, would you move again? Come on, God, we don't want to be late to the party. I don't want to be last, God. I want to be, I want our church to be a church in the city that makes an influential difference in the city for Jesus Christ. God, would you move again? And God, would you move in our children's lives? Come on, this isn't just about you or me. Come on, I just got to be honest for you a minute. I don't want to offend you. Stop being so darn selfish, everybody. This ain't about us. This is about our children. This isn't about my life and my gift and my experience and me and my thing. I get that. I want you to use it. But I want you to get a bigger vision. It's about the legacy we will leave behind us. Why aren't we there faster? Because I'm playing the long game. I want to see Pastor Jesse and Kyle's kids growing up in the house of the Lord. Come on, I want to see Jet filled with the Spirit in the house of the Lord. Come on, I want to see your children filled with God in the house of the Lord. Come on, we want to build a church that sees the children of God experience the glory of the Lord. Come on, Lord, would you move again? How would you move again in power? Come on, look at this verse. I love it, Isaiah 43, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Or I'm going to do a brand new thing. Wow. Yeah. See, I've already begun. Yes. Wow. Don't you see it? I'll make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home and create rivers for them in the desert. Yeah, right. Notice the word create. Yeah. Creation is something that didn't exist, that now exists. Mm-hmm. You might be coming to love, see, we're four and a half years old and say, man. I don't see this or I don't see that. Or maybe I do see this or I do see that or I don't see that anymore. Listen, it's a new day. It's a new season for our church. God's not done yet. Come on, more lost people saved, amen? Come on, more disciples made, more groups launched. Come on, more church plants, more missionaries. Come on, we've almost given thousands and thousands of dollars we've given away already. Come on, let's give away millions and millions of dollars in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you see it? He's making a road. He's creating a a river through the desert. Come on, here's the last one today. Lord, it's my prayer. Lord, establish your church. I love the church. I don't love the politics of church. I love the church. Yeah. His church is the answer for the world. Lord, make our efforts successful. Yes, Lord. We got no dog in the fight, man. I ain't looking to be the top of the podcast list or, you know, write the best-selling book. That's not in my agenda. I mean, if the Lord wants me to, sure, we'll do that. But it's not in my heart. We just want to build a church that's established. We want to build a church that's healthy. We want to build a church. Lord, will you make our efforts successful? Yes, Lord. Look at this verse, and I love this. It says, may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Matthew 16, 18, and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Amen. Come on, Come on what, what are our efforts today? Come on, we've said this before, we want to gather together. Now more than ever, I know yeah. that gathering in the house of the Lord has value. Amen. See, Ryan, did the early church gather? Well, if you did enough research, you'll find they did on Sundays. Uh, Maybe it was Saturday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Either way, does it really matter? How powerful it is when brethren of God, sisters, brothers and sisters in unity gather in the house of the Lord. What happens? Come on, we experience the presence of the living God together. Who cares? Who cares if they didn't do it? Let's do it for ourselves. Right? You say, well, it's religious. No, I don't do it because it's religious. I do it because I love being in the house of God when Pastor James is on that guitar and I'm feeling the presence of the Lord and I look over and see the Smith family with their hands up tonight and I think, oh, baby, yeah, that's what I love. Come on, we want to gather together not because somewhere in Scripture it told us to. We gather together because when we do, something happens in the atmosphere. What if gathering wasn't in the Scripture? You say, well, we don't need to do that. I'd be like, well, let's do it anyways. Because when we're in the house of the Lord, man, things change in lives. People raise their hands to receive Jesus. Think of water baptized. And we experience community and relationship. And come on, our kiddos are experiencing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we want to gather together. Yeah. Come on, unapologetically, we're going to gather together. There was a season where I'm like, I don't know. No, no, no. We're going to gather together. And we're going to gather together all around the city to reach lost people, to gather together as a house of the Lord. Come on, you know this. Come on, we want to grow together. Yes. The backbone of our church are our groups. Say, Ryan, what are our groups about? Our groups are nothing more than being house to house, sharing all things in common, breaking bread with one another, worshiping together. Ryan, when do we get into the deep theological things? Listen, I'll get there in a minute, but we're starting a Bible college and there's a lot of places for us to go into the deep nuances of the intricacies of the minor things that we shouldn't be majoring on. But for the things that we're majoring on as a church, we're doing that in our groups. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says do that, and you are good, brother. Come on, we get into our groups to strengthen each other and to encourage each other to speak life into each other. As I shared last week, you were not designed to do this alone. Our groups are the strongest part of our church, and we're just going to keep launching more and doing more. And thank you, group leaders, for serving our church so well and serving those people so well. Come on, they love you, and that we meet, and they pray for you, and they care about you, and they want to help you, and they're not in it to anything else other than just to serve you, and they want to speak life into you. Come on, we are committed to gather to gather together and to grow together. Come on, we want to give together. Your time, your treasure, your talents. Ryan, you say you want my treasures? Absolutely. I believe tithing is one of the greatest lessons we learn in Scripture, and there's something powerful about the tithe and the offering. Absolutely. God has never left us, I've told you this from the beginning of the church, I will never ask for your money. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will provide for what's His. And He always has. Every year, 25% growth in our finances. Why? Because you've been obedient to respond to the Holy Spirit, not the pastor telling you to give. Yeah, right, yeah, right. But not only that, we want, your, we want your, your talents, your spiritual giftings. Come on, we want you to join a team. We want you to join a team in your group. We want you to be a part of what we're doing. You say, Ryan, I'm just making coffee. No, 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 you're serving the team. Yeah. Say, Ryan, I'm just running a camera. No, 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 you're making sure people online can experience Jesus. Yeah. You say Ryan, I'm just I'm just helping the kids because no, you're investing into the next generation. That kid could be the next prime minister or the next pastor, or the next, you never know. There's such influence in what you do. Yeah, yeah, come, on. come on, and lastly, we want to go together. I want you to share the name of Jesus Christ wherever you go. I want you to share the gospel of Jesus unapologetically. Don't it is the power for salvation to share Jesus. To talk about Jesus, to invite people to join you at church on Sunday to invite them to your youth group on Wednesday or Sunday, whenever it is, on Sunday, right? Yeah, it's on Sunday. I grew up going on Wednesday. Come on, young people inviting their friends to church and inviting your friends to group and inviting your family to the house of the Lord. Come on, saying Ryan, can I tell them about Jesus myself? Yes, you can. But I'm going to tell them about Jesus too, so you're welcome to invite them to church and I'll tell them about Jesus as well. Why don't we both do it? Come on, we want to go and reach lost people. Come on, I'm almost done. I'm going to be more specific really quickly. I'm over, I'm sorry, but just hang on with me. Yeah. Come on, look at this. We're going to be an equipping church. Come on, we, we have a Bible college. started. We did our first class. We had nine students. Five of them were accredited. We want to have a fully-fledged, accredited Bible college in our church. Yeah. We want to have an internship program. Pastor Jesse is going to lead an internship program for students graduating from high school so they can have a gap year to get character development and growth. We want to be a, dev- a church that equips and develops leaders. Come on, that's where we want to go deeper in the Word of God. We want to be a sending church. We want to launch groups all over the city. We want to plant churches. We want to I want to see hundreds of churches planted through Love City Church all over the world, missionaries all over the world. Come on, Jesus, we want to do that. We want to plant groups. We want to be a family church. We want to be a church that helps marriages. We want to be a church that helps children. We want to be a church that helps with adoption and foster care. Come on, we want to. We want to. Uh, we want to begin to stand against um, this big, um, this big area of our city and our world when it comes to areas of abortion. And we want to figure this out together and have these deeper conversations and begin to create an environment where we can have children in in homes that can find Jesus and find a life. And thousands of children need a home. And we want to create an environment where we can have these people in the house of the Lord. And we want to buy uh, property and help people. And guess what? Our church is going to pay for the whole thing. We're not going to use a dime from the government. Amen. Come on. Hopefully this stays up on YouTube. (laughs) We want to be a worshiping church. We want to be a church that worships the name of Jesus Christ. We want to be a church that welcomes the presence of the Lord. Come on, we want to say thank you to Pastor James. We're carving out this culture in our church. Come on, and he's just getting started, folks. Come on, God's doing something in our worship department, and we're believing that as we come into the house of the Lord, we're going to be worshiping in the presence of God. We want to be a city impacting church. Come on, right now, we have a partnership with Hope Mission, and we give thousands of dollars to Hope Mission every year. Not only that, we want to help orphans. We want to help widows. We want to help feed the hungry. We're working on doing that right now. Courtney, is helping us look into some things right now about how as a church we can begin to do those things. Come on, we want to be a praying church, amen? Amen. A church that intercedes and prays and expects God to do mighty works in his kingdom and be a church that prays. And lastly, we want to be a world reaching church. Come on, we're partnered with Royal Compassion and setting Bibles to unreached people groups. And we're seeing thousands of people saved uh, in persecuted underground churches' environments. And we're hugely partnered with them. We're part of a church plant in Italy, in uh, Naples, with Vincenzo Abate. We're part of that with uh, El Viva. And we want to plant churches overseas and send missionaries. Come on, the, big, the vision God's given us is massive. And there's so much more. God's not done yet. Right. He's not done. This is just the beginning. We're just stepping into the promised land. Come on, don't get discouraged. Come on, the church wins. We win. And if we stay in unity and we stay as a team and we gather, grow, we go, and we give together, guess what's gonna happen? God's gonna add to our church and we're gonna see more lost people saved and we're gonna see more influence and we're gonna see more impact in this city, amen? Amen. Come on. Thank you for letting me have your extra time today. I wanna pray for you. And I just pray that today, as we go into this last, God willing, (laughs) last season of being digital only, that uh, that God will do something great in our church. Father, I just pray for Love City Church. Lord, we just, uh, I wanted to cast some vision. I wanted to stir the hearts of the people today towards your vision for our church. Lord, there's a lot of visions across churches and they're all amazing, but Lord, this is our vision. So, Lord, we lay this vision at your feet, God, and say, Father, would you make our efforts successful? Would you let us not do things on our own? Lord, would you eradicate pride from our hearts? Lord, would you eradicate any sin that's in our lives that might keep us from experiencing a move of God? I pray from this day forward, Father, for salvations in the house of the Lord, for disciples to be made in the house of the Lord. Come on, if you're watching today, and you don't know the Lord, you say, man, I want to be a part of something like that. Man, I want to know Jesus today. Come on, you can have a personal relationship with creator God who created you. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, he's the Messiah, you can be saved. And so today you just have to confess, Lord, I ask you into my heart, God, I confess, Lord, that you're God, Jesus, and I want you into my, I want to start a relationship with you. And right now today you are saved. Come on, you got to be a part of a local church. Come on, come and join us. We want to encourage you right now to email us, info at lovecitychurch.ca. If you gave your life to Jesus, if you need prayer, or you want to know more about our church, we'd love to meet you and get you on a journey to being whole and healed and walking in the abundant life that God has for you. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.